man, there is so much more that we could talk about. Like stuff like people who think, why should I write a blog? Like, why would anybody read what I write? Or why would anybody listen to my podcast? I feel like we could go on and on and on. Anyway, how are you today, Paddy? I'm great. What about yourself? I've got a good wee busy day ahead. Um, borderline stressy, but I'm sure I'll manage everything. I've got another wee TV appearance tonight. Oh yeah, wow. It's a bit of a regular thing now. Yeah, this is my fifth time on the telly. Wow. I know, it's exciting. Anything, anything exciting happening to you today? I'm not on TV today, so everything will appeal in comparison to... To being on uh, Scottish television, what what's the uh, what's the topic this evening? Are you talking about another another mill that's being knocked down? I don't know. I only find out a couple of hours before I go on. I get all of the newspapers of the day and have to read the stories and kind of make notes about significant sort of statistics and facts from the stories. So I don't actually know yet. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. So I'm excited about today's episode because whenever we do these types of episodes, I I like to call them discovery episodes. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is when I kind of maybe tell you about a problem that I've been experiencing lately and ask you a lot of questions about it. The one thing I always forget about you, Paddy, is that you have actually only been working for yourself for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But you are still, you seem so confident and experienced and knowledgeable so you're a great person to to talk to but basically this uh, the past couple of weeks um my confidence issue or lack thereof has been in the spotlight right and the reason for that is that the past couple of weeks I've got a lot of photography work coming through the door and that's wonderful I'm just I don't know I'm so humbled when people pay me to take photographs it's amazing however with every photo job I got, and this is a common theme, I fret severely about it. And that worry, that fret, outweighs the anticipation and excitement of doing the shoot. So it means that I never actually look forward to the shoot. And the only time that my worry kind of subsides and eases is when I'm doing the job and I've kind of got into the flow and I know that I'm getting killer shots but then even after that, the worry returns when I have to deliver the images and I, I really fear that they don't meet the client expectations. So it feels like every job I get booked for is this massive attack on my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I get booked for a job on Thursday, for example, I basically spend the whole week in the build up to that worrying about it. Now, Paddy, I don't know if that's normal to... Instead of anticipating, look forward to a client, a project you've got coming up to worry about it instead. Is that normal? Yeah, I mean, the you need to take the, the positive look at it. If you're worried about what you create not being good enough, if you're worried, you know, you're not good enough at photography or design or whatever your interest is, then that does at least show you that you really you care about it. I mean, nobody ever worries about not being good enough at a job they hate well, maybe out of like job security, they worry, but you only worry about not being good enough at things that you really love. Like, I mean, this, this shows you that, that you've got a, that you've got a, an emotional attachment to it and it's something worth, worth uh, pursuing. Uh, I mean, it's good that you feel kind of vulnerable when it comes to your passion, that you're, you're worried about, you're putting your work out there and worry. I mean, I, I, 
I also get worried that my work, that especially stuff that I'm really, that I'm really passionate about when I, you know, deliver it to a client, I still, you know, still think about how they're going to, to react to it. And I mean, it just shows that you actually care about it. I mean, it would be worse if you were, if you were not caring about, you know, how people react to, to the work and you were just going through with it. And then, then it would probably be, be, it would probably be just more of a, a job that you're just slogging through, just taking photo- photographs. So it's, it's a good thing that you're vulnerable or you have, yeah, you're worried about the, about your passion. Yeah. Because, um, the kind of things that I worry about with these jobs ultimately boils down to simply not doing a good enough job of it, not kind of meeting the client brief or, um, a lot of the, you know, there is so much to photography. It's not just understanding how your camera works. You've also got to have this, um, a confidence to direct the shoot and the models or, you know, kind of art direct and set the scene up and all of that stuff can be really intimidating. And I worry about, like you just said, kind of delivering the work and them disliking it. But the weird thing is, even though I, I, I'm nervous about these aspects of it, I know 100% in my heart that I'm capable I know my way around my camera inside and out. I know I have the right equipment for the job. I know that I can walk into any lighting condition. And not only do I have the correct equipment to get me through it, but I know what settings I need to shoot at without even really thinking about it because, you know, I've learned all that side of things. So I'm really confident in my knowledge about photography. I'm really confident in the equipment I shoot with. So you're just saying that I'm plagued with worry because I genuinely care about photography. That's what you're saying, right? Anybody yeah, who's, who worries about their work is, is because they love it. Yeah, I mean, the, I I get uh, I have an emotional attachment to to the work that I do, and while it's a bit of a, you also have to when it comes to design, you also have to separate yourself from the work and not let your personal preferences take preference over the you know the how usable something is or or how how uh, a certain design helps users achieve their goals not just doing something that i like the look of but i'm always uh, i always have a an emotional attachment to to the work that i do and i'm always yeah i i get worried presenting my work and what people will think of it and if it'll answer the brief and but that that just that i think it's good that you always you always have that but i mean you you also talked about you do have a hundred percent confidence in your skills that you can yeah, deal with any lighting situation and you can on the day you can direct people about, I mean, uh, you had to obviously work and work at that to get your, to improve your photography skills and learn the, the business of photography, but how, what was it like your, do you remember your first time when you had to, you know, direct a, a model or direct somebody your first wedding? That must've been pretty nerve-wracking um the wedding side of thing I felt because it grew quite organically um I got booked for quite a small wedding and it was all very relaxed and low-key so and they knew I wasn't a professional photographer so I felt like well they know what they know what to expect they're not going to expect somebody who's done this a million times because this is literally my first wedding but I remember getting booked for my first professional job where I was given a schedule to follow and stuff and yeah, I just found it all really overwhelming, but that was years ago. And why do I still feel the same way today? Why do I still panic when I have 
expectations to meet. Surely the longer you do something, the more comfortable you should become with it. So that's what I'm a bit confused about, all of these feelings of apprehension and nervousness. Oh, I'm going to do a good job. Am I going to give them what they want? Why are these feelings still here years after shooting? I've, you know, I have, I have tons of weddings under my belt. I have tons of corporate work and live band shots and all sorts of types of photography under my belt. So why do I still feel this way? Yeah, but I think it's I think it's still a positive thing that that you that you're caring about it. It's not that you're in this a a boring routine where you can just you know go to a wedding and shoot everything without caring about it, and it's just a a process you go through it. You're genuinely I I mean I think that's what people that's what people want, especially if they choose a wedding photographer. They want somebody who's got a passion for photography and wants to wants to be there and wants to do a great job to impress you with the the photograph so i think it's a it's a positive thing you have to take and if you're go if you're not excited nervous about what you're doing then it doesn't sound like it would be much of a passion based uh business then if you're if you're just going through the motions of uh, of that job so I, I think you have to take it as a as a positive thing and i mean you're you know also that you're that you're really talented and that you are putting forward really good results that you're, I mean, your clients are happy with the photographs you're shooting and uh, they're happy with how you directed them during the wedding and everything. So, I mean, you've got that to reassure yourself as well that, that you're, that you're doing a good job. I guess so. Maybe part of the problem is that for so long I did kind of hide behind this, oh, I'm not a professional photographer kind of, um, attitude that I had and I would you know be very honest with people about that but now I feel that I've transitioned into being a professional photographer and so I don't have that I don't have that um I don't know it was kind of like a scape a scapegoat is that the right word mm -hmm. um now does that make sense like I was able to hide behind this oh I'm not a professional photographer so if you don't you know and I'm charging not very much money so if, if you don't get great results it's not a big deal. But now I'm charging proper rates. I am doing it professionally. So now I really need to to live up to the the expectations. Mm -hmm. But that's that's good that you're realizing that, that you're okay, if I want to charge the the big bucks, then I need to I need to every aspect of my business needs to be on a professional level to match the professional level price that I'm charging. So you need to put in the extra work of, you know, how you're delivering these and, and that people can, people can count on you and the, you know, you'll have multiple backups of the photos in case anything goes wrong or you can, you've went out there and, and got the skills to, to deal with if it's, if the wedding, wedding is a total washout, you know, what do you do in that situation and, uh, and all sorts of things. So you have to bring up every aspect of your of your business to be at the professional level because yeah if you want to if you want to charge professional prices and it make it a professional business then everything needs to be up to a certain standard yeah, but did you find that when you were still in your full-time job and you were doing freelance on the side that there was a certain element of um I don't know it's difficult for me to explain but not that you weren't going to do a good enough job but it's not your full-time job so your clients can't expect the world from you but then you made that transition to being full-time mm -hmm. freelance so did you find that it was like a 
suddenly you had to change your attitude and adjust or had you did you find that you still felt the same way that you were still giving your clients you were still charging the same rates when you were doing it on the side and well I, I'm continually reevaluating my my price and and uh, based on the skills I can offer uh, I you know I alter my my price every so often I'm always reevaluating that but at the start when I was doing it when I was doing it on the side as well as my my full-time job I wasn't treating the the projects any differently I wasn't treating them uh, you know as a bit of fun or or that I wouldn't stick to the timing schedule we'd set out or uh, I mean I was still charging a professional rate so no I didn't I didn't view them as as um a kind of semi-professional project so uh no I still I still kept it I, as soon as I uh, took on my first freelance project I decided okay that everything about this has to be uh, a professional if I'm wanting to because when I was taking on those projects on the side it was basically to see if I could function as a professional designer and stand on my own two feet so if I was going to do that I needed to prove that I could do every aspect of the the business as a professional so it was it was important to me that I even though I was doing it, you know, in the evenings uh, or at the weekends, I was still delivering a professional product at the end of the day and conducting all aspects of it, of invoicing and contracts and all of that stuff uh, as a professional. Mm, that definitely makes sense. I think that my problem was that getting paid to do photography was kind of sprung on me, whereas you made that conscious decision to start to take up, take on freelance clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed that for me, it's not just this isn't this isn't just specific to photography. I have a lot of confidence issues in other areas of my work too, and particularly public speaking. Mm-hmm. So every time I walk off the stage after doing a talk, I think to myself, "Oh my god, Ashley, that was terrible. You could have done that so much better." And I remember, um, do you know Craig Lockwood? You do, don't you? Mm-hmm. I love Craig. Pretty sure I say that every time I mention Craig. He's just great. Him and his wife, they're great. So I've spoken once with Craig and then spoken once at Craig's conference. So he's seen me speak twice and he commented on that. He said that every time I walk off stage, I always beat myself up. I really berate myself about it. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't understand why I do that. But it's just what I do. I can never look at the positives. I can never walk off stage and think well I did that bit well and that bit went down well instead it's all I didn't do that right I could have done that bit better so after kind of looking at these things when I was thinking about this episode and I was like okay I've got confidence issues there and with that and I thought about it in a bit more depth I realized that maybe it's not actually got much to do with confidence at all and it's more so a problem with being hugely self-critical which Mm -hmm. I think is something very common amongst creatives so does it sound to you that it's actually less like a confidence problem and it's more just about me being self-deprecating and self-critical yeah exactly because i mean low self-confidence usually holds people back from actually doing something actually trying something because you think you know you're not good enough you won't you won't even make a stab at it so the fact that you're actually getting up on on stage and actually giving a talk is is a huge step 
So it's not that you, it doesn't sound like you have a problem with self-confidence as such. It's yeah, you're very critical of how you, how you delivered your talk and, and what, how, if, you know, if people are getting enough out of your talk or if it, if it was on topic enough and, and that, that's, uh, it definitely sounds that you're being really self-critical rather than you don't have a confidence issue. It doesn't sound because yeah, you're you getting like up. That? And, uh, oh, well, I'm very self-critical of my work. I mean, I think any designer is, is constantly, you know, never happy with, with what they're making and they always want to make, uh, make better stuff. And then very occasionally you, you find something you create that you're really happy with. But I mean, it's like, you know, like designers are constantly redoing their, their portfolio website and putting up a new one every, every few months. That's, that's always a, you're always wanting to change stuff and, and make things better and, and take a further step. So it's, I'm always, uh, analyzing myself or analyzing my, my skills as a designer. But yeah, I think that's, a that's an issue with, with, you know, criticizing yourself rather than rather than confidence but yeah i think all creative people it's really common to to be critical of your own of your own work and i think it's a i think it's a healthy thing as well i mean you can't let it you can't let it go to the extremes where yeah if you're walking after every talk you're walking off and you're really down about it and you're you're really not enjoying giving talks as a result of yeah i know after this i'm going to be feeling pretty horrible but i mean if if you've got the right amount of of um criticism for your for your own work i think that's a healthy thing to because it stops you from just coasting along and just pumping out the same the same old stuff so i think it's a it's a certain balance like with everything that you just have to get a certain balance right of of how you how you give yourself criticism and how you how you react from it i mean this is what one sort of uh confidence issue or or that's that's looking at your own stuff but there is another type where you're you're worried about what other people are doing and what other people think like if you're constantly if you're a designer or a photographer and you're constantly looking at other designers work or other photographers photographs and going I'm not as good as him I'm not as good as her of course then you're going to feel inadequate I mean gaining inspiration is an important part of working in the creative field, but you need to establish a good, you know, a good ratio between your input and your output. And, you know, it's not, it's no use just sitting, looking at dribble all day long and drooling over other people's work and not actually producing anything. So you need to think about actually doing the stuff and sharing your own work. So I think that's another, that's another aspect to it as well. But I think you're, because you're actually getting on stage and talking about, and it's usually you're talking about your work as well, right? You're usually talking yeah. about the projects you're doing and um, how you operate. So you're also sharing stuff as well, which I think is another big important part about about putting your work out there because that's not a, an easy thing to to do either. It's, it's yeah, to, to put something out there so that everybody can see it and everybody can criticize it. I mean, it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do, certainly for, for a younger designer just starting out. That's one of the big hurdles you have to get over is, is actually putting stuff out there. But I'm sure you learn so much from these talks and have people coming up to you afterwards and saying that something resonated with them. Isn't that a huge positive for, for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I even find that aspect of it difficult just because I'm a bit of an introvert. But yeah, that does make it all worthwhile when people do take something away. But of course, you always get people who 
don't find value in it and are quite vocal about that too. But I take that on the chin because I understand you're never going to be able to please everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a point you made just a few minutes ago about looking at other people's work and thinking you're not good enough. And that was um, interesting because I remembered I, I actually know designers who won't sign up to dribble because they feel that their work isn't as good enough as everybody else. And that's mm-hmm. a case of when your lack of confidence or your being self-critical actually stops you from moving forward. It stops you from putting your stuff out there. And fortunately, that's not a problem I have because I still put my stuff out there, even though, you know, I might dislike it or might worry about what others think. So that's a big problem when people actually, you know, that lack of confidence or being self-critical prevents them from, um, it impacts their, their work, basically. It impacts the them progressing. Mm-hmm. But on, on that note, then, how do you think that those people um, who do that, or people like myself who are overly self-critical, how can we get out of that habit? How can we get past the habit of berating ourselves? How can we stop criticising ourselves unnecessarily? Because I do think like you said a bit of self being self-critical to an extent is good you don't want to walk around thinking that your work is amazing and you've reached your peak that's just terrible but how do you look at your work more how do we get how can we stop berating ourselves paddy well there's one really important part to to this whole thing when you're talking about confidence and criticizing yourself the first thing you should do is to have a concrete goal so if you're just kind of floating about just doing doing your work and thinking you're not getting anywhere and you're looking at other people and seeing where they are if you don't have a goal then of course you're never going to reach one i mean if you haven't established the point at which you'd be happy with what you've done then of course you're just you'll just be floating around i mean is that something you thought of if we take your talks for example have you got like a concrete goal of why are you doing these talks uh, or is it you're you just kind of fell into it and somebody invited you to speak one time and now you're just doing talks. But if you establish, I'm doing these talks because I want to uh, get more, uh, I want to get more confidence with public speaking, or I'm doing these talks because I want to potentially get new customers by putting the word out there about my businesses, or I want to share the work that I've done so I can get feedback from people on how I'm doing with this, with this business. I mean, what's the, if you have a goal, then you have something to aim for. But if you're if you're just going along and and putting your your work out there, but not really thinking about why you're putting it out there or how close you are to your goal, it's very easy then to just always be criticizing yourself and and looking at yeah, and then comparing yourself to other people. I mean, when you're talking about comparing comparing yourself to others, I mean, what what are you really comparing? Uh, it's what are you measuring what what are the what's the scale you're you're measuring with and when you're when you look at say another photographer i mean you've both you've both come from different backgrounds and you're both operating in perhaps a different location and you you just have different goals and you're you're everybody's unique and and working in their own with their own skill set and and with their own problems and challenges uh so i mean how can you ever compare yourself 100% with with someone else so that's it's also the danger of, yeah, of, of comparisons. You need to be, you need to be focused more on, on what you're doing and putting, putting all that energy you're using up with 
looking at other people's work and, and comparing yourself against them, you know, put all that energy into actually just improving your work or improving your skills and, and getting your work out there so you can get proper feedback. Because like we talked about in the talent versus hard work episode, episode number four, the, yeah, you're always just seeing the finished result of, uh, of what other people, you're always comparing yourself against their, their finished result and you don't see the, the stuff that went along, the, the problems they faced and, and how they de- dealt with different, different challenges. So you're always, you're always unfairly comparing yourself. So just take that time and go into your, uh, take, put that time into creating your, the best work that you can and, and just keep, you know, creating, putting stuff out there. Man, there is so much more that we could talk about, like stuff like people who think, why should I write a blog? Like, why would anybody read what I write? Or why would anybody listen to my podcast? I feel like we could go on and on and on. But my last question to you was, I think you've already answered it, but it was, (laughs) how can people become more confident in their work? And my takeaway from listening to you speak just there was basically have a goal, Be, Mm -hmm. be aware of what it is that you're trying to achieve. So what's your, what is your goal when you talk about like why you do speaking? What, what's your goal for, why are you doing that? Okay, Paddy, I'll be honest with you. I do it because I get emails saying, hey, Ashley, will you speak at this event? Uh (laughs) And that's why I just go, okay, but you're right. I should actually, I should actually define a goal and say, well, the reason that I want to be a public speaker, for example, I'm just pulling this out of thin air, is to empower people to start their own business. Mm-hmm. Like I should actually have a goal so that irrespective of what conference I speak at or on what topic, I understand what it is I'm trying to achieve. And again, that's something that I've just learned from this episode that I'm now going to go away and evaluate. And that's why this podcast is so great, man. <laughs> but you see, if you, if you have that goal, so say you take that, I want to inspire other people to, to set up their own business based on, yeah, based on listening for, to my story when I'm, when I'm, uh, giving my talk. So ne- now that you have this goal, the next time you do a talk and you you come off stage afterwards, if you're talking with people and you know this always happens, someone will come up and say, "Hey, I loved your talk," and uh, it's inspired me. Yeah, what I really want to do is is this passion based business. And uh, now that after listening to you talk, uh, I'm going to go and try try something and try something out. And then then bingo, you've got your you've achieved your goal that you that you'd set out but yeah if you didn't have that goal then it doesn't matter what people really say to you because you're not achieving any goals because you didn't have any and the really important thing to remember is that everybody is making it up as they go along so nobody has the the correct path everybody has doubts and everybody's looking looking up to someone else and comparing themselves to others and comparing the path that they're on to someone else's i mean everybody is dealing with the challenges that come up and everybody has challenges and just they're just making the best decision um, that they can based on the information that they have. So there's no, there's no one right path to go from zero to achieving your goal. I mean, everybody is, everybody is in the middle of the journey and uh, honestly, everybody is making it up as they go along. Paddy, you're a smart one. (laughs) So you are. Um, well, yeah, I kind of feel like I've taken some stuff away from this today. I'm comforted in the fact, comforted in the fact that I'm not alone in criticizing myself and being plagued with kind of a lack of confidence at times. And now I know to give myself a more concrete goal, so I know that I've actually 
you know, achieved what it is that I wanted to achieve. So I, I, again, it would be great to hear from everybody else as to um, if they are in the same boat, if they're experiencing these kind of problems. And you can you can do that by tweeting at us at Working Out Show or emailing us at info at workingoutpodcast.com. Forgot all of our information there, but I got it right, I think, didn't I? Yeah, that was it. Okay then. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.